This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Psalm 57, 7, Psalm 57, 7. David said, my heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. He said in Psalm 112, 7, Psalm 112, 7, he shall not be afraid of evil. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And the Lord wanted to cry out to the people, don't be a rocky ground follower. And then the Lord looked further and he could see on the hillside there, maybe we can imagine him seeing on the hillside just a patch of thorny ground, thorny ground. And there in that ground, there's no danger of the birds getting that seed. The birds have no interest in getting among the thorns to go get seed. The birds just leave the seed alone there. The devil has and doesn't have to worry about the seed that falls there because, because the person will take care of the seed himself. The person's thorny ground will choke the seed. All the devil has to do is just throw more money, throw more distractions, throw more thorny seeds in that ground, and the Lord sees that. And the Lord sees that the seed is struggling because it wants to grow, it wants to produce fruit. It wants to reach for the sun, for the sky and thrive, but it's held back. And here we can almost hear the seed crying out, the seed saying, help, I can't breathe. I'm being choked. Thorns have their hands around my throat and I'm suffocating. And as the Lord sees that, he says to himself, I see some believers. I see some believers with the cares of this life. They've got properties, they've got possessions. It's choking them to death. I see some, they're trying to get rich in life and they're like thorns. They're choking those seed, the saving seed of the word of God. And he speaks about thorns, which are a divided heart that's trying to serve two masters, God and man, God and money. And he talks about the deceitfulness of riches. He doesn't talk about riches Themself. He talks about the deceitfulness of riches, like uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.10, 2 Thessalonians 2.10, with all deceivableness of righteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. He sees not riches, he sees the deceitfulness of riches. He sees not money, he sees the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10, 1 Timothy 6.10. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So as the Lord saw this thorny ground that choked, the Lord saw the hearts of some people, just their hearts were polluted. They were polluted with anxieties over possessions and ambitions to get wealthy, and it choked his word. It reminds me, we moved into our house, and we wanted to plant a, a rose garden, but the ground had asparagus fern. Anybody know what asparagus fern is? It's satanic. That's what asparagus fern is. Asparagus fern chokes anything and everything. And so I tried to just, oh, that's no problem. I got the weed whacker out, cut it off. But it grew back because the roots had to be removed. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So that was the first and last time I ever did this. I dug the ground down 18 inches and sifted all the dirt with a screed. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but don't do it. I can tell you that. It's just awful. That was 34 years ago. And, uh, you know, dirt is very heavy. I don't know if you know that, but it's very, very heavy. It's a very terrible job. Anyway, but I did it. Pat myself on the back. Because today, there's not one asparagus fern growing in that ground. And that was 34 years ago. And if I didn't do that, those roses would have been choked. And so the Lord is saying, don't be a thorny ground follower. And then the Lord looks up on those hills, on the hillsides before him, and he sees those beautiful rows of grain blowing in the wind. And the Lord said, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Beautiful, fruitful grain, good ground. He says, that good ground that produced that beautiful ground, the grain there, it was all prepared, was cleared of the thorns. Just look at it, he's thinking to himself. And he's looking at it, he says, I love it. He saw that grain, and he saw the hearts of some believers, and he said, yes, everybody, be a good ground follower. So he sees all this, and he simply speaks in verse 3. He says, behold, a sower went forth to sow. He sees it clearly. He sees the application of it crystal clear, but he just describes four types of ground. And he doesn't explain how those four types of ground are representing the four types of hearts the hard roadway ground heart, the shallow rocky ground heart, the thorny distracted ground heart, and the good ground heart. He doesn't say, he leaves off these adjectives that I just said, and the word heart, and he just describes the roadway ground, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground. That's all he does. And he leaves it to the people to seek to know. He leaves it to the Spirit of God to reveal to the seekers. He's told a riddle. What he's really told here is a riddle. It's a riddle. It's like Solomon. He might as well have said, you know, or this all in the form of a riddle. He might as well have just said, what's harder than a roadway? What's shallower than a rocky ground? What's more choking than thorny ground? And what's more fertile than good ground? He might as well put it in a riddle form like that because he's waiting to see if anyone can solve the riddle because the right answer is, a hard heart is harder than a roadway. A non-thinking heart, a non-meditative heart is shallower than rocky ground. A distracted heart 
is more choking than thorny ground, and a receptive heart is more fertile than good ground. But he doesn't give the answer. He doesn't solve the riddle. He just puts forth the riddle when he says, behold, a sower went forth to sow in verse three. It's really a riddle. And he waits for the inquisitive souls to inquire, what does this riddle mean? He waits for the Spirit of God to give them the answer. Like he's saying to them in Proverbs 123, Proverbs 123, turn you at my reproach. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. They can't solve the riddle on their own, but the Spirit of God, he's willing to pour out to them to make known his words. So he looks at the people and he says with a kind of a majestic elegance in verse three, behold, the sower went forth to sow. His riddle is really a sower went forth to sow. And at first about the sowing of the seed, no one knew. He's talking about men's hearts. They're like the soil. The men's hearts is like the soil that's capable of bearing fruit. No one knew he's that. It doesn't matter how much seed is thrown onto bad soils. It's not going to produce fruit. It doesn't matter how much the preacher preaches the word. It's the soil. The preacher still loves and, and wants more seed, more seed, more seed, and so does he. Even the hearers of Christ himself did not respond. Only one in four had fruit. But he knows that God's word, the seed, will never return void. It'll always go out there and do its purpose. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my seed that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's word is not a dead letter, it's a living seed. So ultimately, he, as Christ, he's the sower. The seed is the saving word of God, which is, That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the saving word of God. And he scatters it. That's the way the sower, he says, that's me. Great amounts of seed. He doesn't calculate and measure out, let's see now, a little here, a little there. He scatters it far and wide. Why? Because he wants every ground to be changed, to bear fruit. He wants every person to be saved because of the poor condition of the soil. It it takes more seed, but it takes preparation of the soil. So the riddle is about seed falling by these ground seed. The riddle is all about some seed. Some seed falls by the wayside, and the wayside, it can't bear fruit. The ground of the wayside is like the ground that the people are standing there on the seashore. There's nothing growing there. They just hear, but they don't go any further. The riddle is about easy food for the birds to eat. It's birds, birds, they're flying around like evil thoughts. They're flying around like evil thoughts and they land in your head. You don't know where they came from, but they annoy you. They flutter around you and they catch away any good thoughts from God that comes. The seed's about birds that are satanic. They're like Satan, who's a thief and a murderer. The thief is stealing the seeds, is stealing the words of the sermon that the Lord is giving, stealing it right away. And Satan's a murderer. He knows that the seed is the saving word of the gospel. It can keep him, keep Satan as a murderer from killing the souls of men. And the problem with the roadway ground is that it is not prepared. It's the same ground. It's the same dirt as the good ground. It's just not prepared. It's fallow ground. It needs to be prepared. Got to be softened up. The problem with the other seed over the rocks is there's this thin layer 
and, uh, and the seed has to be immediately covered. That's like it says in Hebrews 2.1, Hebrews 2.1, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The riddle speaks of stony places without much earth. It, without, he says it has no deepness of earth, he says. He's describing this, this, this dirt. He says, yes, those people, they turn to the Lord, but they don't go any further. He finishes his, his riddle in verse nine, and he challenged them. He says, who has ears to hear? Let him hear. People, most of the people said, what? Well, hear what? I heard everything. I don't have hard hearing. I heard every word. I was talking about ground. What's he talking? He said, no, so much more. What he has done has been glorious. It's been glory to the Lord because he's hidden the message in a riddle and now turns to his disciples and the disciples says, you're like kings, find it out. Proverbs 25.2, Proverbs 25.2. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So he says in verse nine, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. He's really saying, who wants to know? Who wants to know what I just said? He's asking them in verse nine, then let him ask God to reveal the riddle of the sower in the foregrounds. His description of these foregrounds has been profound. But for many, it's a story. It's an interesting story. It's a nice story. Nothing more. For them, they walk away. They're entertained. They're feeling good. But others are stirred up. As they say, I know there's something more to it. He didn't just tell us a story about a bird and sower in grounds. There's some profound truth. I want to know. No, I need to know. No, I must know. I have to know. It's bothering me. What is the meaning of this riddle? And so for them, they've just heard a secret code. It's like he's given a secret code and now they gotta break the code and they gotta know what's he really saying. For most, it's just a story they heard. They're happy to walk away. They feel very content. But for some as disciples, they had to penetrate beyond this story to the real message. The message, he kept it as a secret from the multitude. The message he reserved only for those who really sought him with their heart, like it says in Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, 13. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And he spoke that and he says in verse nine, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. He's really saying in that because he talks about ears and eyes in that context. He's really saying, who hath eyes to see, let him see. Because most people with their eyes, they just saw Jesus the man, nothing more. But some had eyes to see, and they saw Jesus God. And for that sight, the Lord was saying, who hath eyes to see, let him see. But for the disciples, when they heard this riddle, their first concern was, why are you speaking to the people in riddles? Why are you speaking to them in parables? Verse 10, verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So his answer to them is, It's all a matter of a gift. It's a matter of a gift from God. To you it's given, to them it's not given. That's all. Just as he thanked the Father in another time in Matthew eleven twenty-five. 25, Matthew eleven twenty-five. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them to babes. If you're a babe, you get the gift. 
if you're wise and prudent, you know everything, you don't get the gift. But he says, God's a giver. He gives gifts, just like the song says. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And so he explains further to the people. Uh, he explains further to them. He says in verse 15, in verse 15, or verse 14, verse 14, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear, but not understand. Seeing you shall see, but not perceive. This people's heart is waxed, gross, fat, thickened, as it is literally in the, in the Hebrew. They have cardiomyopathy. They have a thick, thickened heart that can't beat. It's not flexible. It's not supple. It's, it's all thick. It's crusty. It's hardened. Waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. They can't hear. Their eyes, they have closed. They're blind. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, they should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Why do the people not have these ears to hear any more than a story about a sower and four types of soil? Why do the people not have eyes to see? He's more than a man, he's God. Because they have a heart problem, that's why. Because they have an ear problem, that's why. Because they have an eye problem, that's why. Their heart is thick, fat, non-responsive. Their ear is dull, can't hear distinctly. Their eyes are shut, they can't see. They choose to live in a world that's 100% natural and 0% supernatural. They don't want to know anything more in life other than the here and now. They want to be like the animals in a natural world. The animals have no concern about God. They choose to not concern themselves with anything about God and then they want to live as a natural man. And they're subject to what the natural man is able to understand, which is 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. It's an ability issue. He can't know them because they are spiritually discerned. The works of God, the presence of God is all around them. But verse 15, verse 15 says, their eyes they have closed. The problem is, John 5.40, John 5.40, you will not come to me that you might have life. John 8.43, John 8.43, why do you not understand my speech? It is because you cannot hear my word. So the situation has come down to, they will not, therefore they cannot, and which is why it's so critical in life and the emphasis comes, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart, Psalm 95.7, Psalm 95.7. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. But he wants them to know, his disciples, just how fortunate they are. They see truths, he says in verse 16. He says in verse 16, blessed are your eyes, for they see, your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, many prophets, righteous men, have desired to see the things which you see, have not seen them, then hear those things which you hear, have not heard them. And he tells them to, if you're going to see these things and you're going to hear these things, you're not going to float into it. You've got to use effort yourself. So he says in verse 18, hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. He say, 
don't just understand, but hear it. This is a command for them. This is the command, hear ye the Lord commands. And when he describes this, these, this first hard ground, he wants them to see that, look, there's an application for you. Don't just go around and say, oh, well, that doesn't have any application to me. I'm not a hard-hearted hearer. No, he tells them in verse 19, when anyone hears the word of God and the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away which was sown. He wants them to hear the then cometh because as soon or as immediately as the seed has been scattered, it's carried away by the enemy. Rest assured, he's saying to them, as soon as the word of God is preached, the devil's not far away. He's catching it away. Literally, it means snatching. Without any thought at all, you can feel how the devil just reaches out and snatches the word as a person responds to the gospel with a dismissive, ah, it's just religion, I'm not religious. So the Lord has covered the spectrum of these four grounds because nobody is born a good ground heart. He became a good ground heart because everyone is born a hardened, dirty, rotten sinner. And the good news is there's chance to change. There's an opportunity to change because it says in Isaiah 55, 7, Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God he will abundantly pardon. The verses means that a person can change the ground of heart he's in. Any person, even the hard ground person, can become a good ground person. Same soil is there. It's just packed down. All they've got to do is turn their heart into a good ground. They just have to do three steps, just three steps. First, turn over the ground. Turn it over. Usually this means some kind of upset in life. Let the troubles of life turn the ground over, break it up. I was with a man yesterday in the taxi, and... Um, a Jewish man, as a matter of fact, from Mexico, and he said to me that, um, that he has a very autistic child, and the autistic child, he has to live in Tijuana because it's so expensive to have a 24-hour care. The autistic child yesterday put dirt in his mouth, and then the caregiver there came over and said, what have you got in your mouth? And when she put her hand near there, he bit her so that she cried, drew blood. What is that? That's a trouble in life. I asked him, I said, why do you think God brought that in your life? That's a trouble in life. Let those troubles turn over the ground of your life. Respond to them. Let them break it up, God says. That's the first step, turn over the ground. Second, break up the hard parts. Go through the ground and see where are those clods that have to be broken up, which means forsake the love of sins. Those clods are like a love of sin. I love this sin. Break up that clod, that love of sin. And last, like with the rose patch, remove the thorns. Take away the roots of sin. Purify the life. Forsake habits, habits of life, though harmless they seem. Break it, remove the thorns. And if a person does that, hard ground can become a good ground. And that's why he told all these, uh, such detail, the four grounds. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our Lord Jesus wonderful, wonderful teacher that he is, Lord. Help us to take to heart and to be the good ground, good ground hearer and cover up the word as soon as we receive it. Hide it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.